Has anybody ever been agitated before? Has anyone ever experienced some disturbances or some turmoil in their soul? Some unrest? I think if we were all honest, we would all say yes and amen. Well, I want to throw several keys at you this morning. They're not necessarily going to be in order, but I want to give you several keys to help all of us overcome agitation. Amen? So let's start over in John chapter 14 and let's look at verse 1. See, when we're agitated, it has the tendency to move us into an emotional disturbance away from the Word of God, away from the love of God. And you will have plenty of opportunity to be agitated. It is just the nature of human flesh. And the spirit of this world, who is the enemy, will try to accommodate it. Therefore, I think it's very important we become aware then how that we can overcome it and keep it under our feet. In John chapter 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, number one, that tells me that that is my responsibility. That is our responsibility. Don't let your heart be troubled. Distressed, and there it is, agitated. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. Now, let's drop down to verse 27. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't allow yourself to be yielded to a spirit of fear. Now, Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my very own peace. I give it to you and I bequeath it to you. Something that is bequeathed is something that is handed down to us. The Prince of Peace has bequeathed his peace to us. And whether you realize it or not, it's on the inside of you. Because the fruit of the Spirit is peace. And so this peace is on the inside. And he said, now look it, the peace that I'm giving you doesn't come from a bottle. It really doesn't come from a lot of money. It doesn't come from pills. It doesn't originate from the spirit of this world. But the peace that I give you is not of this world, but this peace I give you is heaven's peace. Amen. Amen. And then again, notice he's reiterating what he said in John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither allow your hearts to be afraid. Now we're going to see that somehow, someway, fear is connected to being agitated. Okay? We'll, We'll look at that a little bit later. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. You know, I found a scripture in the Word of God that says, Whatever I bind is bound. And whatever I loose is loosed. So God will back you up if you'll just dare to stop all this foolish nonsense of being so disturbed and so and being so agitated all the time. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. There it is again. And do not permit yourself to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. What I want you to see this morning, first of all, is that fear opens the door for Satan to operate in our lives. Fear opens the door for us to be agitated. For when we fear, we are worrying on the lies of the enemy. And how many of you know, when you listen to the enemy, you will become emotionally disturbed? If you permit him to sit on your shoulder all day and whisper his lies and all of those things into your ears, (coughs) sooner or later, you will come up short of God's best. But you and I, we can take dominion and authority over agitation. We got to understand that that's the enemy's plan for our lives. But I submit to you this morning... That God did not give you and I a spirit of fear. But he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now people will tell you, you know, it's just natural 
and it's just normal for everyone to be afraid. I submit to you today that that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. Fear is not natural to the born-again believer. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 15, and I want you to turn there and look at that in the Amplified Version. In Romans 8, 15, what a clear word from God. It says this, For the spirit which you have now received, it's not a spirit of slavery, to put you once more into the bondage of fear. Well, if we haven't received that spirit, what spirit have we received? But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. Now, your daddy don't want you to be afraid of nothing. Your daddy don't want you to be afraid of anything. Your daddy is the creator of the universe. Your daddy is El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. Your daddy is El Elyon, the Most High God. Your daddy created the entire universe and he says, I don't want you to sweat it. I don't want you to be agitated. I don't want you to yield to fear. I've got everything under control. I ask you today, who's your daddy? And when you can answer that, according to the word of God, you will understand that you and I have been adopted. We have been brought out of one family and we have been brought in to a new family. I was reading something last night in a commentary. Listen to this. Under Roman adoption, the life and standing of the adopted child would change completely. The adopted son lost all rights in his old family and gained all new rights in his new family. We've been brought out of an old family. We lost all of our rights, thank God. But now we've been brought into the new family, the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. Gained all new rights in the new family. The old life of the adopted son was completely wiped out. Oh, with all debts being canceled, with nothing from his past counting against him anymore. Hey, folks, that old note, that old debt that you could never be paid, that old note, that old debt was nailed to the cross. And now you and I are in the family of God, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I ask you this morning, what have we to fear? Who have we to fear? Absolutely not. We are children of the King. We are children of the Most High God, who does not want us to be going back and forth, up and down, worried about a system that very soon and very soon is going to come to an end. You do know that this old world is rocking and reeling. The very earth in which we stand is groaning. It knows something is happening. Something is brewing. What in the world is happening to this earth? I'll tell you what. It's groaning and travailing because soon and very soon the king is coming. Oh, yeah. So you and I then have no reason to fear. We're in the family of God. My father is greater than all. And I found a verse of scripture in 1 John 4, 4 that says, Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So what we need to do, saints, is we need to rise up and take our dominion and take our authority over these things that are agitating us. Over that co-worker. Over that person that drives by you on the freeway and cuts you off. 
And here you are out there in the freeway going like this and saying things that no Christian should be saying. I mean, adrenaline is flowing. Blood pressure's rising. You're all agitated, moved out of the word, back into the world. And all of a sudden, you come to the realization they didn't even see you make that notion at them. I'm telling you, this world is so clueless, they don't even see you in line. So don't get so upset when they butt in. Come on, somebody, help the preacher today. Look at with me to Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. Philippians 1, 28. In the Amplified Version, notice this with me. He says, now, do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents or your adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, a proof and a seal to them of their impending destruction. But a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. I like this. Now listen to what this one commentary says. I'll pull my sheet out again. Look at here now. He says, when our spiritual enemies fail to make us afraid, they have completely failed. Because they really don't have any other weapon than fear to intimidate us. That's all he has. If he fails to get you agitated, guess what? He has failed. So the scripture says, don't for a moment... Be intimidated or be agitated about the things that are going on around you. I believe that we need to be more God inside minded in this day and this hour than we are what's going on in the world outside. Listen, if we don't fix our attention on God in these days, our lives will be up and down and back and forth. So I believe that the word of the Lord for us today is this is I'm not going to allow anything to disturb my peace. But rather, I'm going to let the peace of God rule in my heart. I'm not going to allow people, places, or things to move me away from the Word, but I'm going to stay with the Word, and the Word is going to see me through. Now look with me at John 16, verse 33. I stole these notes from my darling wife. We have two offices, one at home and one in the church. And we spend a lot of time in our office at home. And I said, honey, I'm going to be preaching on peace. And I remember you've got a sermon on it and I want it. And she said, no, you'll have to go out and mow the lawn first. And I said, honey, but I don't mow my lawn. I haven't for 30 years. We have people do it for, oh, she said, okay. John 16, verse 33. Glory to God. Notice this with me. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace. Now, where have we seen that word perfect peace before? Isaiah 26, 3, where he says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on what? On me. So Jesus says, I have spoken to you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace. But not only perfect peace, but if you will listen to my word and do my word, you will have peace and confidence. And then he says, Now in the world, you're going to have some tribulation, trials, and distress. Now, In the Greek, that word tribulation means stress, it means adversity, it means pressure. It carries with it this thought of a crushing. When a person is going through a test, a trial, or a tribulation, oftentimes they are very distressed. 
But it also, that word tribulation also means a squeezing. A squeezing. So in the world, Jesus said, there will be some squeezing. There will be some pressure. This Greek word tribulation is used of crushing grapes or olives in a press. The enemy wants to use tribulations to crush us or to squeeze us. He is after our peace. Now, I've got a word from the Lord today that I want to exhort you a while on, and that is what to do when the squeeze is on. What should I do when it's seemingly like I'm being crushed and pressed? What do I do, Pastor, when the squeeze is on? Well, Jesus showed us what to do. The first thing that Jesus said to do when you're being pressed and when the squeeze is on, He said, number one, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Now, years ago, Jerry Savelle preached a message about being of good cheer. And he says that statement carries with it this thought. First of all, smile. You know, sometimes it pays rich dividends to smile, even though you don't feel like smiling. Yeah, but pastor, if I smiled, I'd be a phony. No, you're not a phony acting on the word. How many know you got to fake it till you make it sometime? The Bible says, put on the garment of praise. I know sometimes we don't feel like praising, but when we put it on, it ain't very long before we feel like praising. I know we don't always feel like putting on the new man, but when we put on the new man, glory to God, and we walk in our righteousness, sooner or later, we are feeling really good. Amen? And so when Jesus says, be of good cheer, it's the same as if he was saying, count it all joy. In other words, this is an accounting term. Count it all joy. Just mark it down. When the squeeze is on, I want you to cheer up. I want you to cheer up. I want you to smile. Smile. Brighten up. And then he also said in his teaching, spin around. So smile, cheer up, and spin around. Somebody says, I don't feel like spinning around. I don't like that song that you sing. He has turned my mourning into dancing. I don't like... Well, too bad you don't like it. Have you ever tried to dance a little bit and cheer up a little bit? You'll find that it will do you wonders because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm not talking about walking around being a phony. I'm talking about when you have revelation of who God is and who Christ is and who you are in Christ. It ought to bring some joy into your life. So Jesus said, when the squeeze is on, I want you to do some rejoicing. I just simply want you to to cheer up a little bit. Smile a little bit. Come to church and raise your hands a little bit. Somebody says, well, I don't raise my hand until I feel the spirit. You're missing it. Smith Wigglesworth said, if the spirit don't move, move the spirit. Are you listening to me? Hey, saints, we walk by faith and not by sight. I have discovered that as I smile and as I cheer up and as I stir up what's on the inside, it isn't very long, glory to God, before I am literally rejoicing in God. And His strength comes upon us. The Bible says that God literally inhabits the praises of His people. Do you know what that means? When God inhabits something, that means He settles down in. He comes right into the midst of. So in your home or in your car or on the job or wherever you are, if you'll just in everything give thanks. 
not necessarily for everything, but in the midst of the test, in the midst of the squeeze. If you just be like Paul and Silas and do some praying and praising, I believe that God will send his glory and send his power and will inhabit your circumstance with his presence. And when his presence is on the scene, his enemies will be scattered. Hallelujah. See, what we're doing, what we're doing now, guys, is we're letting God arise. And God, where does God live? He lives in you and he lives in me. And so when I am worshiping God and praising God, not necessarily for all these things that are squeezing me, but right in the midst of it, God's coming up on the inside and he's inhabiting things on the outside. Come on. With his presence. And so he says to us today, when the squeeze is on, I want you to start giving me something to work with. I want you to just try smiling. Some of you should try that this morning. I I just want you to worship me and and give praise. Amen. I I don't want you to so much to think about what you're going. Hey. I don't want you so much to think about what you're going through. I want you to rejoice about what I've already brought you through. Hallelujah. I want you to think about last year, what I did for you. I want you to think about what I did for you last week. I put food on your table. Your babies came into the kingdom of God. I met your need. Stop talking about what you're going through and start rejoicing about what I've already brought you through. Hallelujah. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of the squeeze, (laughs) we're not afraid. I said, we're not afraid. Why is that? Because he's with us. He's for us. He's on the inside of us. And thank God his goodness and his mercy are going to follow you. And they're going to follow me all the days of my life. I think it would do us good as a key to overcoming agitation to discover what God's already done. And you can't sit there and stand still and not rejoice. Look what the Lord has done, man. Oh, come on. Look what he's already done. He got you off crack. Amen. He got you that promotion on the job. Now, you know he's done some good things. You know God's been good to you. And you know something? He doesn't change. What would, what would prohibit him to stop being good? Nothing. Nothing would prohibit him. Nothing would stop him from continuously blessing your life and being good to you. Amen. So give him something to work with. Doing some, doing some rejoicing. Cheer up. Amen. Back to John sixteen thirty three. What to do when the squeeze is on? He said, first of all, be of good cheer. And then he said, take courage and be confident, be certain, and be undaunted. That's quite a mouthful right there. Now the question would be, okay, I'm going to do my best to do that by God's grace. I'm going to be a doer of the word of God. But Jesus, why should I be that way? Why, Why should I... Stand up in the midst of the squeeze like that. Well, here's the rest of the verse. Here's why Jesus said, For I have overcome the world. Now, not only did he overcome the world, but he overcame the God of this world. I have overcome the world. Read the rest of it with me. I have deprived it of power to harm you and I have conquered it for you. I have given you world, devil, disease, poverty, overcoming faith. I have given you power in the midst of your squeeze and you are more than overcomers in me. Now, to be honest, every one of us face turmoil in life. But the Prince of Peace, He lives in you. He lives in you. 
want you to turn quickly to Mark chapter 5. We're not going to preach all day. I've got a message from heaven for you today. And messages from heaven don't need to be an hour or two. Sometimes they can be a matter of 40, 45 minutes. But I want you to grab hold of what God is saying to you today. Some of you have been walking around with a chip on your shoulder. So agitated by people, places and things. Thinking you're all that. You ain't all that in the natural realm. In Christ, you are somebody. But Christ tempers the revelation of who we are in Him with us being humble under the mighty hand of God and treating people well. Amen? People are going... Listen, people are a mess. Isn't that the truth? People are just flat a mess. Don't let their mess make you a mess. Don't let people's... <laughs> Don't let people's mess become your mess. You know, you and I live on a higher law. The law of love supersedes the law of strife. The law of peace supersedes the law of fear and worry. We've been elevated, saints, made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God has put his spirit on the inside of you so that you can overcome the pitfalls and the little nickel and dime junk out there in the world. I believe this, that you can be sweet and you can be a loving person and you don't have to have your peace disturbed. Yeah, but you don't know what they're saying about me. I don't give a flip. No, I didn't say it. I do not care what other people have to say about me. I'd love everybody to love me. I'd love everybody to like me. But what matters most is what am I saying about myself? And some of you sitting here today, you're so afraid of what man thinks. You're so afraid of what people say and people think about you. Listen, do your best to walk in love and walk in unity and be at peace with all men. But when the dust settles, not everyone's going to like you, dear heart. And not everyone's going to approve of your Christianity. Not everyone's going to approve of you coming to Heart of the Bay Christian Center. But it doesn't matter what they say about you. What matters is what are you saying about yourself? What are you telling yourself? i tell you what you need to tell yourself. You need to tell yourself you're full of joy, full of peace, full of power, full of the Holy Ghost and fire. In Mark chapter 5, verse 35 through 39. Mark 4. I did that last time. I'm not going to be agitated about it. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 39. The same day when the evening was come, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. If Jesus said, we're going, we're going. Yeah. Verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also other little ships. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm, a mega storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now what? It was now full. Verse 38. And he was in the hinder uh, part of the ship. What was he doing? He was resting. The man of God was tired. He was resting. The master was sleepy. So he said, we're going over to the other side. I'm going to take a nap. So in other words, he placed them with the responsibility at the helm. Did he not? And they said unto him, master, don't you care that we perish? Now listen very carefully. They got agitated. And not only were they agitated about possibly not making it to the other side, but they were agitated at the Lord. And some of you sitting here today are angry with the Lord. You're agitated with the Lord. I got news for you. The Lord is not your problem. The Lord is on your side. He's doing everything he can. Hallelujah. 
to give you and done everything he's going to do about your breakthrough. Now notice with me. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they woke him and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? They got agitated. Now Jesus modeled for them exactly what they were to do. And this is a model and an example of what you and I can do when we become agitated. When the squeeze is on, when the storms of life are beating upon the ship of our house. Notice with me in verse 39. And he arose. And he arose. Something on the inside of him rose up. Something on the inside of us ought to rise up. When the storms of life beat against our house. We do not want to take these things laying down. We want to rise up. He arose. And what did he do? He rebuked the sea. And he said unto the sea. Everyone say those three words strong. Peace be still. One more time. Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And what was there? There was a great calm. There was a great calm. Listen. The prince of peace spoke peace. You're a son of peace. And a son of peace ought to carry peace with him or her wherever they go. If you come into a situation where there's turmoil in relationships, you as a son of peace have been given authority to declare peace over certain situations. Especially in your home. If there's turmoil in your home, if the children are rebelling, if there's things that are taking place on that television and on that computer that ought not to be taking place, you as a son of peace, you as a parent, you as a mom, you as a dad, you ought to rise up. And take your authority over that spirit of rebellion that's on your babies. Rather than catering to them and buying a new DV and a new video game and let them have unlimited access to Netflix, they'll become idiots if you do that. Rather than playing games with your kids, you ought to rise up as a mama and as a daddy and as a son of peace and rise up and take dominion over those things that are coming against your home. When my boys were young and they were children, it wasn't a question whether or not we were going to go to church or not. We're going to church. Whether you like it or not, we're going to church. Now, we set the right example for our kids. We weren't hard-handed with them. But I tell you what we did is we set the example for them of living before God in a right way. And I don't know why I'm getting off on this, but I'm telling you what. There may be some things in your home that you need to get out of your home. There may be some things in your computer that you need to get off that computer. Just like Jesus arose, the body of Christ is to rise up and take their authority and take their dominion. When agitation comes against the city of your soul, put your foot down and say, you know what? I'm not yielding to that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to go into that situation. You can't believe how far I've come. I mean, God's brought me a mighty long way. I mean, a mighty long way. I tell you what, I thank God for self-control. I didn't always have it. And I'm talking about as a pastor. I remember the first church, we, the first building we had over there in Fargo. We were worshiping God and praising God and some devil kid didn't like it. And so about the time, you know, I'd start preaching the word, the windows would be open. He'd start playing sympathy for the devil by, you know, the Rolling Stones. And he'd start playing, you know, music by Led Zeppelin. Stairway to heaven, stairway to hell. And so he was trying to combat the message. Ooh. 
after service one day, I grabbed Mike Sparrow, who's a pastor in San Obispo, right? And I said, come on, we're going down there to see him. I walked around the corner. I was walking like a madman. I came up to his door and I said, blessed be the name of the Lord. (laughs) May I pray for you? No. I got agitated. I allowed someone else to agitate me. It moved me away from the love walk and I gave him a piece of my mind. As a reverend, as a pastor... One thing about it, the music stopped. But that's not the way to conduct yourself. So I haven't always been there. I haven't always arrived. I'm still, God's still working on me. And so in your particular situation, in the arena of your life, you've got to take some authority. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to get you perturbed and disturbed and all upset to where you say things that you'll regret saying. Are you listening to me? So rise up in your life and take your authority. And in closing this today, the Lord gave me some other keys. Are you catching the keys today? One key is to set your affection on things above. And not on things of the earth. Dr. Savell preached a message called focused. And he said that the F stands for fixed. The O for on. The C for Christ. The U unlimited. The S supply. The E every. And the D day. And he said that focused stands for fixed on Christ. Unlimited supply. Every day. As we fix our mind on the word of God, there will be peace. He said, I will keep the individual in perfect peace that keeps his mind stayed on me. There are a list of things that God says we are to stay our mind on. When I am fixed on Christ's unlimited supply every day, there'll be no lack in my life. Now, why is that? Because He has an unlimited supply, we learned last week, of grace for us. Does He not? When I tap into the grace of God through my faith, there's an unlimited supply for me to live above agitation. When I fix my life and my mind on Christ's unlimited supply of finance and abundance, there'll be no lack in my life. You see, He's got an unlimited supply of finance. He's got an unlimited supply of strength. An unlimited supply of joy for you. So in closing this today, I want to give you one important key To live above agitation. Are you ready for it? And that key is meditation in the Word of God. Meditation is not and does not have anything to do with Eastern religion. Meditation is not checking in to Maharishi Mishmash's spa. Crossing your legs. Crossing your eyes. Eating vegetables. And going, Om. Meditation has nothing to do with getting into contact with some demonic spirit. But meditation is a biblical practice. It's a biblical word. It'll keep you in the realm of peace and you will avoid the pitfalls of agitation. Now in Joshua 1.8, and you don't need to turn there because I'll quote it for you. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. So how long are we supposed to do this? Every day. Fixed on Christ's unlimited supply. What? Every day. Day and night. And so the word of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then he says, when you do that, you will make your your way prosperous. And you will deal wisely 
and have success in every area of your life. God wants us to successfully overcome agitation. And meditation is a big key. Now listen to the definitions. To meditate means to dwell on something in thought or to turn it over in your mind. It means to ponder. To meditate in the Hebrew means to read quietly or to talk to yourself as you think. It also includes the words to mutter, ponder the word of God throughout the day and night. Meditation reflects uh, is reflecting upon God and ways of applying His Word to every area of our life as we read and study the Word. Meditation means to talk to yourself. The world will throw you in a loony bin if you talk to yourself. But God says, I want you to meditate in my word, and it's okay if you talk to yourself. Because as you talk to yourself, you'll start getting a revelation and a picture of what I'm saying to you, and it will cause you to be bumped up in the realm of the Spirit to where the lights will go on, and you'll be able to stay focused on Him. And when you're focused on Him, it don't matter what's happening around you. Because Him will make a way out for you. Amen? I like that one definition, talk to yourself. I talked to myself quite a bit this morning before I came to church. I had a good talk with myself. I laid on my bed for about an hour, hour and a half. I talked to the Lord, but I also was talking to myself. Well, what were you saying, Pastor? Wouldn't you like to know? No, I was just saying what God's Word said about me. I was just pondering and going over and applying the Word to my individual case. Now, three scriptures and then we'll close. Notice with me. First of all, I want you to look over at Psalm 77. And look at verse 12. Say with me, I'm overcoming, Pastor. I'm not yielding to that agitation any longer. Say with me, I refuse to be moved from my focus. So there's three ways to meditate God's Word. Number one, mutter the Word. To mutter is to speak things quietly. That's what we can do regularly. Secondly, to speak the Word out loud. To speak the word out loud. Hebrew, meditate, means to speak. Look at this scripture. He said, I will meditate. I will do it. This is an act of your will. It's not always easy to do, but you can do it. He said, I will meditate also of all thy work. And what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about what the Lord's done. I'm going to talk about what He has already done. Oh, friend, that's a major key, as I said earlier. So talk out loud of His work and speak out loud of all of His doings. And then in closing, open your Bibles to Psalm 39 and let's look at verse 3. Psalm 39, verse 3. What are those keys for overcoming agitation? Be a good cheer. Stay focused on the Word. Be thankful. Amen. Refuse to allow yourself to be agitated, binding the devil, pleading the blood every day. You probably, every one of you here probably have somebody that bugs you. But the more you talk about how they bug you, the bigger that bug's going to get. It's true. It ain't no, it's, it's a waste of your breath to talk about how people agitate you. Stop working on that and start working on your love walk. Start working on your patience walk. See, the Bible says in your patience, you will possess your souls. Now, this morning we were running late for the first service. Now, I won't tell you the first part why. 
but it has something to do with Brenda. <laughs> and it was all right. You know, sometimes those nylons do get runners, you know. And so, you know, I'm downstairs and I'm just enjoying listening to Gary from Faith Fellowship. You know, and I'm just saying, okay, we're going to be a few minutes late. No big deal. Pastor Tom will get it rolling. So I'm listening to the word and enjoying it. And I'm in the car waiting on her. And in, I started the car. But in my patience, I was possessing my souls. I was cool. And then we came down 880. We live in Union City. We came down 880 to get off Jackson, and we went east instead of west. And I'm thinking, Shondai. <laughs> Sheila, see me tie my bow tie. And, I'm, and I, whenever I, you know, the squeeze gets on a little bit, I think of Mark Hankins. Mark Hankins is a great Holy Ghost preacher. He preaches a lot on joy. And a lot of times he'll just stand up in front of the congregation and go, ha, 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 ha. So I started saying, ha, ha, Hankins to you. And just possessing my soul, keeping my patience, you know. And then we went down to this one stoplight, and it's the three-minute long stoplight. And the person in front of me was a little late in getting off. And so I was the first one when it turned red. I went, ha ha, Hankins. See, I had an opportunity to get agitated. Amen. To come in here all upset. Going to preach on how to overcome agitation. You know the devil is a liar. <laughs> he ain't got any new tricks. The devil is a liar now. But I've grown. First church we pastored was Sepulpa, Oklahoma. I got me a beautiful message on how to walk in love. But when we were late, I lost it by the time I pulled up to church. <laughs> You got, listen, folks, you got to talk to yourself. Amen. Talk to yourself. That's what meditation is. Right. Have a conversation with yourself. Right. You know what? Right. Brother in the mirror, right. you're patient today. Right. You're loving. Right. You're not going to fall for that again. Right. You're enduring long. Yes, you're walking in the spirit. You're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh today. You understand? Right. Your body says, can I just a little? No. <laughs> You're the one in charge of your soul under him. He's the bishop of your soul. He'll oversee your soul. But when the dust settles, you've got to have a conversation with yourself. And if it takes pulling yourself by the ear and saying, no, you're not going to act that way. You're not going to say that. You're not going to do that. You're not going to be agitated in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. If that's what it takes, you do it. And you do it every day. I think I've hit extra innings. It's 1230. Hey, I've preached 48 minutes. Pretty good. Pretty good. There's a lot of food here for you. But I preach good. I preach a little long. But I ain't done yet. Look at Psalm 39 verse 3. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Here's some keys for overcoming agitation. I've hung myself out again to let you know I'm not perfect. I already know you're not. Some of you just, anyway. Three ways to meditate in this word. Mutter it. Speak the word out loud. You've got to have some fun in church. And notice with me, muse the word. Everyone say muse. Look at here. Read it with me. Ready, read. My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burn. Then I spake with my tongue while I was musing. 
while I was musing, the, 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 the fire started burning. Something on the inside started working in me. Now, the word muse means to ponder it. And it also means to squeeze all the juice out of the scriptures. To squeeze it all. Now, many times on Sunday, we go to Chevy's because Sunday is guacamole day. And it's dollar guacamole day. I got me a dollar now. And they come to the table and they make tableside guacamole. And they serve these nice hot chips, you know. And so I take the lemon and the lime and I squeeze all the lemon and all the lime into my guacamole. Get it all in there. And then I take a huge chip and settle it deep into the guac and bring it right here. <laughs> and it explodes in my mouth. Take this word and squeeze it. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. I took this word, I mused it, I meditated upon it, I pondered it, and an explosion took place in my spirit, and I spake the word of God, and the enemy ran, and agitation fleed, and faith overcame the fear for me. And it'll do the same for you. Stand up, everybody. Glory. Woo, hallelujah. Let's raise our hands toward heaven. Glory to God. Come on, pray with me just a little bit. It is your keys. These are keys. Say with me, Heavenly Father. I hear the word. And I am a doer of it. I take these keys. That I have heard today on overcoming agitation. Without any further hesitation, I declare I have a revelation, I have an impartation, and a Holy Ghost inspiration, and overcoming faith to rise up now. Now I declare to you, Mr. Devil, that you are a liar. Say it with me, the devil is a liar. And we have found you out today. Now we bind you up. We put a stop on you. We do not permit you any longer to move us from the word into the arena of agitation. But we cheer up. We brighten up. We speak up. And we give you thanks today that your word is working in our life. So, Mr. Devil, you are bound. And now we loose the joy of the Lord in the house today. We loose the peace of God in the house today. Oh, Father, thank you for moving. Come on, let's thank you. Let's rejoice. Oh, glory to God. Hey.